Welcome, everybody, to the Friar Talk podcast. Today, we're going to recap the Padres and Cubs series with Mike. Then Mike's going to hop off. Me and Isaac are going to talk a little bit about a potential trade that one of the listeners brought up, and then we'll finally preview the Mets. So I'll let you start, Mike. Your, your boys won um, a, a better-fought series by the Padres, um, but on the Padres' side, the bats still weren't there. Uh, kind of wasted a U Darvish start in my mind. I think that was one of the – what was that, his second loss of the year? comes out and we were even talking after the game Mike and you said hey that's a game that you want to win if you have Darvish pitching because he looked really good Padres couldn't hit Arietta, and it just that, that kind of ended the the series with the kind of a sour taste in every Padres fan's mouth I think but what were just your overall thoughts on the series and and how do you feel about your Cubbies right now because they're doing pretty good man uh well yeah like you mentioned another Cubs win obviously happy about that um what I was really the most impressed about was the pitching I think outside of Alzale, the first day, he kind of got crapped on a little bit. Uh, but then Zach Davies pitched six innings, one hit, no run, and the only hit was a little blooper from Tatis. Was really happy about how well he pitched, and then obviously our bullpen was shut down. The next day, we had Arietta. Arietta looked like he was back in 2016, uh, pitched a gem. I mean, him and Darvish were going back-to-back, and it was – honestly, if you're a fan of pitching, it was fun to watch. Um, but then when Darvish got out, we kind of were able to hit on the, the bullpen just a little bit more. Um, and we won, we won a low run game and that's honestly very encouraging for me, uh, when our pitching can win us games and not just our bats, obviously our bats have been good. So was very happy to see the pitching, obviously our bullpen was great. So, uh, that was my biggest takeaway was just happy that the pitching was as good as it was. Yeah. Much credit to the Cubs. I think they've had one, uh, probably the best bullpen in baseball over the last month or so. They've had a really good bullpen. Um, you know, I definitely thought we would rake off Zach Davies, but he had our number, I guess. And that kind of looked like the Zach Davies that was with us. You know, we were huge Zach Davies fans when he was with us because he he was our fifth starter, but he was constantly providing a lot of, uh, you know, really good games. And he, as our fifth starter, he was just spectacular, I thought. And then, you know, coming into this game, uh, into this Jake Arrieta, you Darvish game, I, I had it locked in. I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be a win because, you know, the Padres should not be losing a start like that from you, Darvish. It's very rare that they lose a start like that. The only other one I can remember is the one they lost against the Dodgers where you, Darvish, walked in a run. But other than that, he was spectacular. But the, that's how you know, like AJ Casavell said, that's how you know the Padres' bats aren't very good right now. They lost a start by you, Darvish. That was that good. Um, you know, a bunch of these guys' batting averages are down from what they used to be. Tatis is batting like 277 now. Jake is batting like 276. Hosmer's down a lot. Manny's down 230. Um, so just a lot of these guys' batting averages are going down. Uh, you know, frankly enough, we bash him a lot. A lot of credit to Tommy Pham for what he's been doing. He's been doing really well, especially getting on base. I think Matt brought it up before the episode. He was around 450 on base percentage. But overall, this isn't this wasn't a very encouraging series from the Padres, but you know, we'll have to see how they recover. Oh, like on this off day and uh, hopefully hopefully it's good for them yeah going back to tommy fam real quick uh he's hitting four, he has an on-base percentage of 448 in june so it's like it, recently he's been doing really well his on-base percentage is still really really high um and you kind of start we, we were talking about it before the episode isaac you kind of start going through the lineup and all of the averages are like 30 or 40 points below what they were two or three weeks ago that's the part that's really concerning and also, Mike, it's not its not like they just haven't been able to hit the Cubs pitching. It's been consistently haven't been able to hit starters. And then you play a team like the Cubs where their bullpen's dialed in, like the Potters has been as well. 
it's going to be tough to win those games, especially when you fall behind, especially when you can't generate base runners. Because that that wasn't the issue early on for the Padres. It was, oh, we can't bring guys in. Wednesday, you look at that game, the Padres went one for two with runners in scoring position. You should never have two opportunities with runners in scoring position. That is not good. One of those was a Manny Machado single, and he's a guy that's actually been really, really clutch. Uh, We were looking at Manny's numbers. He's hitting like 370 with runners in scoring position. He hasn't been hitting really well, but there's just not enough guys getting on. And right now for the Padres, if Tatis isn't able to generate the entire offense like the last couple weeks, they have really struggled. You've had a lack of production from Eric Hosmer and Will Myers. I think that's really hurt them. Uh, You know, you have Austin Nola out. You have Trent Grisham out. You have a couple guys out. So it's like the lineup's not quite there. But it's the Potters are really struggling to hit right now. Um, And we're not going to talk about it in this segment, but they have DeGrom on Friday. So it's like, oh, man, we just came off a series where you can't hit and then you go against DeGrom. That's just brutal. Um, but I, I really think that like a couple of these guys are starting to wake up. I do believe that Machado is starting to wake up because we've seen him just clutch it, clutch it lately. Um, he looked pretty good in the series. I would, I would argue that he's been, he was the best hitter of this series. Um, also Tommy Pham seems like he gets a hit every night right now and walks once or twice most days. So he's just been an on-base machine. Uh, I will, I will give credit to one particular guy in the Cubs, Patrick Wisdom right now. If, Woo, you, look at, my if man. you look at his stat line. He is hitting 364 with what is it? Eight bombs in ten games, Mike. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's I think it's eight and eleven because he didn't hit one in the last game, but he's just been on absolute fire. I mean, how many I, I don't know what the actual stat is, but how many players have come up from the triple A into the majors and their first week won NL player of the week? I mean, that's just ridiculous. So I am absolutely loving Patrick Wisdom. Been great on uh been great in the field. And great batting, and I think that we got an underrated gem on our team. Much credit to Patrick Wisdom. Uh, I think I brought it up in a past episode. That's kind of you guys' version of our Jake Cronenworth. Uh, you know, Jake Jake Cronenworth came around last year. Uh, maybe a little bit different scenario because Jake came in in a pinch hit situation. I believe it was against the Diamondbacks, and he had a big time double for us to come. You know, to come at least close to winning that game. And then Hosmer goes down. And suddenly Jake gets his opportunity and he's turned himself into a really, really solid everyday player. Really good. One of my favorite players for sure. Um, But yes, much credit to Patrick Wisdom. He's been an absolute baller. Uh, I guess the question for I would have for Matt right now is, you know, with this current state of the Padres offense, are you because I see a lot of concern regarding, you know, this offense and the fans are starting to get very concerned with, uh, you know, how how much like. There's not very many scoring opportunities for these guys. They're not creating many uh, scoring opportunities. There's not a lot of run support for the pitchers. Are you concerned at all with this Padres offense, or do you think maybe it's just a little roadblock in the in the season? I feel like throughout the whole season, every time me, you, Isaac, me and you, and then a lot of times Chase as well, like when we've talked about it, it's been, don't worry about the offense. It'll come around. It'll come around. It'll come around. And we just keep repeating that. It's not really coming around. It's not like if you look at it overall, they're, they're pretty average right now. But that's the thing. Like, we don't expect them to be average. I would say I'm not con- not super concerned because what we know is that A.J. Preller will make a lot of moves if he does not feel like this offense is going to bounce back. I think that from, from how A.J. Preller has turned this franchise around, full faith in him. Full faith in him to do what he thinks that he's able to do and do what's best for the best for the team and the organization. 
if he thinks that they have a chance to push for a World Series, that they have the pitching staff to do it, they have the the two superstars, or I, I would say three superstars, um, and they think they can add another big bat that'll that'll get the job done. We talked about Jesse Winker last time, and maybe he's really expensive, but Preller's going to find the guys that need to be added to wake this offense up. That's what I'm confident about. But right now, I think that everyone should be a little bit concerned. Not to say that you don't believe in this team. I 100% still believe in this team. Even if the offense is where it's at now, what are the Padres? They're at almost a 600 winning percentage, and they've played the most, like they've had the hardest schedule, I think, to start the season out of any team. I think they've played 39 games, like 39 teams over 500. And then the Dodgers have played like early 30s. And then the Giants have played like 20 something. Like they've played like way less really like quality baseball teams. So I wouldn't say I'm super concerned because I know I have faith that AJ Preller will either make a move to figure it out or the bats will wake up and he won't, he won't have to be in that situation. But I mean, right now in terms of how it's going, it it hasn't looked great. So you got to monitor it, but I still think that the offense will eventually come around. Maybe not to the extent that we originally thought, but the pitching staff still has an ERA under three. If you have an ERA under three, you're going to win a lot of games, even if you're lacking offense. So that's kind of where I'm at with them, but I'll go to you, Mike, so we can kind of wrap up this segment. What are just your overall thoughts on the Cubs now? Because I don't think I don't think the Padres play the Cubs one time for the rest of the year. So this might be the last time we have you on, maybe until the playoff series. But right now, yeah. Cubs are leading the Central, half a game ahead of the Brewers. What are just your overall thoughts on the Chicago Cubs to wrap up this segment? Um, yeah, to kind of keep it brief, um, I think they've just at least since the start of May up until now, they've greatly um, overperformed. I think they've been very hot. Uh, they've beaten a lot of good teams. They've beaten that span, you know, the Dodgers. They beat the Padres twice, you know. So, I mean, they've beaten a, a lot of really good teams. We've really separated ourselves from the NL Central. Uh, the Brewers are catching up, actually, which is not good. But the Cardinals are, like, three games behind right now. So, very impressed with that. Um, and like you said, you know, we don't play the Padres for the rest of the series. So, this might be my last time on. But I think these are two teams that realistically could make the playoffs. Um, I think especially if we win the Central, obviously, we'll be in. And then you guys are – obviously talented enough to make the playoffs. So it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a shocker if we met in the playoffs, but uh, I hope that we can, you know, maintain our, our recent level of success. We also got some guys on the injured list. We got, you know, Nico Horner's the big guy. Um, you know, Javi Baez is hurt right now. Ian Happ's been battling injuries. So if we can get those guys back and we can get those guys rolling, we can have our, our lineup good. Then uh, I really do believe that we can, you know, make a push for a playoff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Thanks for hopping on, Mike. I think it'll do it for this uh, show. But this is your first time checking out the Padres channel. You're a Padres fan. Make sure to sub and do all that. All right. So for this next topic, we're going to bring up a comment from one of our listeners, Daniel Sanoa. He brought up a potential Max Scherzer trade to the Padres. And I was really intrigued by it. Isaac, I know you were as well. But how do you think the Padres would look if they added a guy like Max Scherzer? And we'll talk about what it would cost and kind of where everyone would move around and stuff. But just initial thoughts. Max Scherzer gets traded to the Padres. What would your initial reaction be? I think Daniel said it best. You know, we don't need starting pitching, but any any contender in the MLB could use a guy like Max Scherzer. Um, you know, Matt and I were talking about it right now, how we think the rotation would look like this. Uh, you know, Darvish one, Scherzer two. I could imagine it'd be Snell at three, but I mean, I think we prefer Musgrove three. Keep him there. Snell down at four. And then... Um, Lamet down at five and then you move this is my favorite aspect of this whole you know uh max scherzer trade you move ryan weathers to the bullpen and let's say your bullpen is depleted you know palm is down right now 
um, you know, let's say, I don't know, Melanson needs a rest, right? You have Ryan Weathers come in, throw innings seven through nine, and the, you know they're going to be almost immaculate innings because Ryan Weathers is really good out of the bullpen. We saw him come out of the bullpen earlier in the year and have a save because he threw three really good innings after a Musgrove start. Um, so that's kind of like my favorite my favorite aspect of this whole this whole Max Scherzer thing. Is if you move Ryan Weathers to the bullpen and the bullpen needs needs a rest, Ryan Weathers is there to provide that. And and it's not like right now where you know the Padres have been going to Nabil Chrismat or um, as another one, Mickey Diaz. They're going to Ryan Weathers, a top top six, top five prospect in our in our in our uh, in our farm system. So that would be huge. And if you think you know Max Scherzer is maybe a little washed, no, like he's still pitching super strong. He has a two two ERA with like a, I think he's like five and four something like that. So he's still pitching really strong. And if you get Max Scherzer to go against, because we got to think about it like this, the Dodgers, if we play them, because realistically, if we make the playoffs and if the Dodgers make the playoffs, let's say the Dodgers are the wild card and we and we win the division. Realistically, they're going to line up like they did. They did it in the regular season. They're going to line up Bueller, Bauer, Kershaw. And this is probably going to be a five-game series in the NLDS. They're going to line up those first three. So we need to be able to combat that with Darvish, um, Scherzer, and then if you want Snell, because Snell, Snell did pitch very good against the Dodgers recently. So, you know, whatever, credit to Blake Snell, I guess. But um, that would be huge. That'd be a huge trade. You need to be able to, you know, anytime you can add somebody like Max Scherzer, even if, you know, even if you don't need him. And that's that's what the Dodgers did with Trevor Bauer. They didn't need him, but they got him. And, you know, now he's a, he's probably there. I think he's has the highest ERA in their rotation. Same thing with Mookie. They had Verdugo, who was doing very well, but they got Mookie, who's even better. It, you know, any upgrades you can make to the to the roster is is necessary, really. Yeah, no, I, I I definitely think that it's one of those moves where maybe it's not a need. And we were talking about the bats just in our, our recap right now and saying, hey, they're really struggling. So I would still expect them to make a move for for a bat or two or whatever the case is there, but. The Scherzer move, and this is something that Daniel brought up as well. If the Padres don't get him, the Dodgers are going to get him. The Giants are going to get him. You know, one of these other teams is going to get him. Maybe that team is in the NL. Teams will make moves that teams that have a lot of money, like the Dodgers, are going to go and make a move for a guy like this and have this bold move where it's like, all right, we're going to just get richer and richer and richer. That's what we're going to do. We're going to just keep building our starting rotation, and we're going to have just an, an extremely good one through five. If the Padres really, really, really want to win a World Series this year, I think this is one of the best moves they can make because if you look at where they're at and we are talking about how, how their offense has been so stagnant, they are still 10th in runs scored. And then they have the best starting rotate, not the best starting rotation, but they have the, the best pitching ERA in the whole sport right now. If you add Scherzer as your two, that makes it that much better. So you're getting, you're getting your rotation a lot stronger and you're also not going to allow a different team to go make their rotation a lot better. Because there's a good chance that Scherzer would get moved. He's 36 years old. He has half a year left on his deal. And I think the big question from it, from the Padres' point of view is, how much would it cost to give up? And are the Padres in a situation where they can make a move like this? We, we know that baseball doesn't have a salary cap, but teams are restricted by how much liquidity they have. And in the Padres' case, there was an article I remember, I want to say it was a year or two ago, where they were like, where is the Padres' money coming from? Because basically... 
they just kept signing guys and signing guys. And it was international signings. Just so much money was being spent. And it was so much different than the, than the old Padres. If they're still trying to go on that path and they're trying to really build up the Padres brand, build around guys like Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, and you Darvish, because you Darvish is one of the biggest international stars in the sport. If they're really trying to do that, then I think this is a great move. This is a great way to push all your chips into this year. And he's not going to cost a ton. Like I think normally when you think of, oh, if you acquire Max Scherzer, you're going to have to sell the farm for him. But acquiring for a half a year of Max Scherzer is a lot different. So this is definitely a short-term, let's win now kind of move. But I expect the Padres to make to have a mixture of win now moves and then future moves. And we've seen what they've done where they'll acquire a guy and then they'll also get a, a prospect that's not really highly thought of. I mean, we've seen that many, many times in the past. So I would expect if they did move for Scherzer, they'd probably have something small attached to it that you should always notice in the Padres' trades because you don't know what it could turn into. Um, and that's a good thing. But I, I really think that this is a just a really interesting topic to bring up because, yes, Scherzer is not a need, but he will sure as hell help this team win. And you want that guy on the mound. If, if you go into a playoff series and it's a five-game, let's say it's a five-game series with the Mets, and it's DeGrom and Syndergaard, who do you want out there to match those guys? You want Darvish and Scherzer because those guys are going to hang, and that is going to be just competitive baseball where what you're doing is you're banking on your bats, your star bats, Fernando Tatis in the playoffs, to have him come up with those big hits against the Aces, and you have your ace on the mound kind of combating those other guys. So I love it. I, I think it's a really cool idea. But Isaac, I guess my question to you is, do you think there's a? Do you think the Padres are in a spot where, and like we said, we'll, we'll get into the value like to kind of wrap it up, but – do you think they're in a spot to spend this kind of money? I mean, we don't really know exactly, but do you think that that's kind of their mindset right now is like, let's go win this thing? I mean, in my opinion, it should be. I get it. You know, you don't want to sell your whole farm. And I don't like Matt said, I don't think you would have to sell the whole farm for Max Scherzer. He is on the last, you know, he's going to be on the back end of his, of his last year of his deal. He's a lot of money. I think he's like 26 million on the, on the current payroll. Um, but I think the Padres are in a perfect spot to be able to make a move like this. You know, whether it, even if it's not for Max Scherzer, but being able to trade for a, a huge, a big time outfield bat like Jesse Winker, like we brought up in our in our trade episode. Um, but if it is Max Scherzer, they're absolutely in a position to do this. You know, they they've shown the willingness to win. AJ Pillar has shown the willingness to spend money, the willingness to move on from mid tier prospects, which you know, like we brought up. We think they're very replaceable. Tucupita is very replaceable. Onya is replaceable. You know. All those guys in that range, I'd say eight to eight and on, are replaceable prospects. And, you know, the Padres have prospects like Victor Acosta, who's still very young, but he's probably going to end up top five in our in our prospect rankings very soon, maybe by next year or the following year. So, you know, Preller's very good at finding those prospects. It's not a problem to be able to get rid of guys like Tukupita. But um, I think, you know, a, another advantageous thing to, to this whole Scherzer thing is that uh, – We've brought up a lot that the bullpen has been depleted. Top five in in bullpen innings pitched. Well, Max Scherzer is averaging six and a half innings a game. So let's say you go Darvish and then you go Scherzer. Now you have two guys who are probably averaging six innings a game, and then maybe maybe in the maybe as the fifth starter, Lamette goes five or six, and then you have Weathers finish the game. You know how how beneficial that would be to the bullpen getting guys like Pomeranz healthy because Pomeranz is probably our best reliever. You get him healthy and you get him throwing not as many innings as he probably would be before this kind of trade. This team is set up perfectly for October. This team is set up to win. 
and to win this year. Because you think about it, we were supposed to go into the year with Mike Clevenger. Well, now instead of Mike Clevenger, you're going in with Max Scherzer. And then next year you got Clevenger back instead of Max Scherzer. So it's kind of like a switch off, I guess, kind of thing. But this would be huge. I think this would be a huge trade for the Padres. And obviously we're not saying it's going to happen. We're not saying it's super realistic. I do think it's realistic. We're not saying it's crazy realistic. But, um, you know, it's just we like talking about trades. It's pretty cool. You know, it's pretty cool to think of Max Scherzer on our team. Yeah, and I, I like that you kind of bring up how it might be it's going to be club next year, but it, like this is like that half-year rental. I think for a starting pitcher, it makes sense to go get that guy for half a season. Because you have the guys that you want to be the future, the future rotation. You have that set. But when you're making a push for the championship, that's a big move. In terms of trading for an outfield bat or an infield bat or whatever it is, an, an additional bat, I think that's where you go for the more control. That's one of the big reasons why we really like the potential move for Jesse Winker because he has three years left. But this is a move where it's it, you you need that half year from a guy because that's the thing. Like like he brought up club. I think that's a perfect example of how he kind of is going to go and fill that role that that Scherzer had this hopefully will have this postseason for the Padres. But I think in terms of value, you don't think it's going to be something over the top, right? Because you're trading for a third. Yes, he's a very very good starting pitcher. I I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but he's. I feel like he'll at least be talked about a little bit in that in that regard because he has had a dominant career. He is a he's been a star pitcher for many many years, but this is probably the lowest he will ever be could be moved for. And not it's not a performance thing. It's a he's thirty six years old and the Washington Nationals are I think they're in fourth or fifth place right now. Maybe they come back up. That would kind of be something you'd have to monitor in this move. But if they're not ready to win right now and they are trying to build up a better team for Juan Soto and those guys to make a run down the road because they, they won the World Series two years ago, but last year they weren't that great, and this year they haven't been that great. And if they're trying to kind of retool a little bit for the future, I think it's a good move for the Nationals to move on from him, lose that half year, because what are they really gaining from hanging on the shirts or not much, um, which is unfortunate for them. But I, I just think it's one of those things where you can trade them some young pieces. You can trade them some prospects, and maybe there's a couple guys they really like. Maybe they like a guy like Onya. Um, so I, I don't know who it would be that they would trade, but I don't think it's going to take some top end guy to move for a guy like Max Scherzer. Uh, definitely, definitely a pretty penny you're going to have to pay him in terms of salary, but also it's nice that you have only half a year to pay him. So you're not going to pay that full salary. I think what do you say was like 27 million, I believe it was. So maybe around 12 to 13 is probably what they would end up paying him. I'm not exactly sure how the MLB salary works in terms of if you get traded around the deadline, but I really like the move. Do you do you think it would cost a lot though, or do you think I'm around like kind of right on the value? I think you're right on the value. the The Nationals can't be picky. Uh, they, I just checked right now. They have the thirty coming into the season. They had the thirtieth ranked farm system in all of baseball, and even through all the moves we have made in terms of trading our prospects, we're still number six. So we got a lot to give them. We have a lot to offer. And you know, you brought up what what are they going to get out of Max Scherzer? Well, you're absolutely right. You know. They're, they're not winning right now. And you could bring up that whole World Series that they won where, you know, they were they were last, I believe they were last going into the All-Star break and then they ended up winning it all. But that that stuff's like one in a thousand. I don't think that I don't think they'll do that again. I really don't see that happening. Um, I feel like the real quick, I feel like the only other thing team I saw do that was the Cardinals like many, many years ago where they came into September. They were 10 games back. And then they made it into the playoffs in that final day. And then they ended up, I think they ended up winning the World Series that year. But that you're right, that rarely, rarely happens. 
Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening again. And they need they need to get Juan Soto some pieces. They 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 cannot pull a Mike Trout on that dude. That dude is way too good to to do that to him. You know, they need to get pieces from us that they want. Well, from anyone in general, because you know, like I said, Mike Mike Trout has been on the Angels for far too long. Poor guy has only made the playoffs once, I believe. And he's possibly the greatest baseball player to ever live. Um, if, when you're thinking about five tool players. But in terms of, you know, this whole Scherzer, Scherzer Padres thing, we have plenty to give them, you know, and and this would put us over the top. This would easily be the best rotation in baseball. And I don't even think it'd be close. You brought up, who do you want pitching against the ground? Well, I know who I want pitching against the ground. It's either going to be Scherzer or Darvish. I'd probably say Scherzer, but for sure, either Scherzer or Darvish. I brought up that, uh, you know, going into a series against the Dodgers, who do you want pitching against Bueller? Darvish, who do you want pitching against Kershaw, Scherzer? I mean, this this is a win-win situation, I think. You know, we give them some mid-tier prospects that are probably top-end prospects in their in their uh, in their farm system. And we take on the rest of his salary. And then, you know, whatever, he's gone next year, we get back Clevenger, it's going to be perfectly fine for us. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Uh and also, I think this will probably wrap it up right here, but let us know what you think. If you think this is just a bad idea, you know, you're wasting it for a half year of control. I, I understand that argument because if you're trading for half years of guys, like it doesn't always work out. We saw that last year with Mitch Moreland. He was balling out. The Padres go and trade for him. Doesn't really do much. And then you lose him. You just kind of tossed away a couple prospects. Um, I don't, I don't think that's one of them. That's going to be a, a backbreaking move for the Padres when you look down the road, but I, I get having concerns about it. But overall, I think this is one of those moves where it's just like, Hey, the Padres are all in. This is an organizational move to say, we're we're building behind Tatis and we're trying to win right now. And I I'm I'm all for that because growing up, I mean, and we're not very old, we're both 21. So we haven't seen a lot of bad Padres baseball, but growing up, you'd never see them really make that bold move. I feel like they did it with like Ryan Ludwig. That's been like the boldest deadline move I've seen them do. And and Mike Clevenger as well last year. But in terms of the the old Padres organization, they wouldn't go and push all the chips in for that championship. And I I think this would be a move that really like just a statement move of we want to win this year. This is a year that the Padres that our organization thinks that we have the best chance to win. We're going to go and we're going to do everything we can to build that team around Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Trent Grisham, Yu Darvish, all these guys because Padres have enough talent to do it. And I think this would definitely push them over to the top. So then moving on to the Met series, I think. The Friday game is is one that looks tough. I, anytime you go against Degrom, it's going to be tough. If Blake Snell can have the outing that he had last time against the Mets, may, maybe they can do it. Maybe they can pull it out. But I, I we saw how good Degrom looked last game. Now I will say, Potters had the bases loaded at one point. Maybe a couple things go different and they could pull that one out. I definitely think the Friday game is the toughest. Then you move on to Saturday. Padres have Joe Musgrove against Joey Fuego. Last time they hit Joey Fuego really well, so I like that matchup. And then Sunday, Chris Paddock versus Marcus Stroman. Stroman also looked really good against the Padres, so we'll kind of see how that plays out. But Paddock's looked better. I know that his last couple starts haven't been that great, but the previous three, I want to say, were really good starts. And for me, when you just kind of look at what Chris Paddock has been doing, he's been using the curveball more. His, his pitches just seem more effective. And maybe the results haven't quite been there the last couple of outings, but I'm much more confident than I was early on in the year. And I think I think you you are as well, Isaac. But looking at the series, I think it's another difficult series. The, the Mets, they're they're a good team. And anytime you go against DeGrom, Stroman, those guys are they're tough guys to go out there and beat. Um hopefully this off day, we're recording on Thursday, the off day, 
that would be th- this could be a really big deal. I think a lot of people aren't really looking at the Padres played twenty straight games, and Isaac, you said I think they were all against teams over five hundred. So it was a tough twenty game series. I don't know if I, I read somewhere, and I don't know if this is one hundred percent accurate. I read that there's not another team that plays like that twenty game stretch, or at least up to this point in the season. So brutal, brutal stretch for the Padres where just not a lot of rest, um, and especially like for a team that's that's beat up on it with injuries right now. So. Maybe this Thursday game kind of gets them motivated. Maybe they come out. I mean, ideally they come out Friday and we see them put up a run or a couple runs against DeGrom in the first inning. I think that would that would spark the offense. Even a run against DeGrom is like a huge spark of the offense. So maybe we'll see a, a guy get on and then we'll see Fernando Tatis hit a two-run shot in that first inning. I would absolutely love to see that. I really hope we see another dominant performance out of Blake Snell. This was a guy that we were we were doubting a lot. We said that we felt that his expectations should be lowered. And we've said this before, if we're wrong about something like that, we are all for it. We want to be wrong about that. But I, I'm hoping he can piece together another really good start. Last outing, he looked phenomenal. One hit that turns turns into an air, leaves a guy on third in the, in the seventh inning with no outs, and he gets out of that jam. That's how you know he was just on one that game. So hopefully we see him ball out. Um, to One thing to monitor, Blake Snell's ERA at Petco is one. On the road, it's nine. So... And, and this also not a huge sample size, but I, I think that's something that you got to kind of look at. I still think that for this series, you want you want to either win one of those Friday games or that Sunday game. But you're gonna the bats are gonna have to wake up in in either both those games or one of those games. And we can't really overlook Saturday as well because the Padres have really struggled against starters. They've done good against Joey Fuego in the past, so hopefully that's the same thing today or on Saturday. But I I think that this is a it's a difficult series for a Padres team that's that's struggling right now, but hopefully this rest day kind of gives them a wake-up call. But what are your overall thoughts on this series, Isaac? Yeah, you bring up the struggles of the bats. Um, the struggles of the bats are very evident right now. They've been struggling against guys like, you know, and it's funny because every time I think, oh, you know, they should be able to rake off this guy, they don't do it. Like Jake Arrieta, um, I forgot who pitched the day before, oh, Zach Davies, who he was getting kind of rocked. Um, and then you go back a couple series before that, uh, I think his name was like Oda Rizzi or something. We didn't hit him very well, if I remember correctly. Um, but the Padres have just been struggling against starting pitching. The bats haven't been awake, but that, I mean, I fully expect that to turn around eventually. You know, the Padres have a very, very stacked lineup. It's not going to last this long, or it's not going to be like this for long. But coming off an off day where, you know, you expect, okay, cool, we're going to be well rested. We'll, we'll be fine. You got to face Jacob DeGrom. That dude's that dude's a cheat code. He's just we saw how good he was in his last start. The dude was just making us look silly. And we did have a bases loaded situation. But after that, he just he was just lights out. I think he only threw like 80 pitches, 80, 90 pitches in a full seven innings. He was he was just amazing. Um it's gonna be a very tough game against him. I absolutely hope the Padres come out with a with a bang. Like you said, you know, maybe a, a Tatis two-run bomb. But I think this might be a very a pretty tough series for the Padres. I still expect them to win. I still expect them to be able to come back against Stroman and uh, put up a good couple runs. I think the bats are going to finally come alive. Um, but that's really all going to depend on Hosmer and Myers, in my opinion. Um, those guys have been very quiet at the plate recently. And Hosmer and Myers, to me at least, even last year, have been the guys that are supposed to bring in a lot of runs. You know, when they do, we're able to win a lot of ball games. So, um you know, hopefully this Padres offense wakes up. And I think, uh, you know, you're you absolutely right. Hell yeah, we want to be wrong about Blake Snell. We've given him a lot of slack and we want to be wrong. We gave up a lot for the guy. We don't want him to go out there and fail. We, I mean, I still think he's an 
okay pitcher. I expect him to be great down the line. But I think Bryant, you know, recently he was just struggling. And we saw that uh, he had a very good outing against the Mets last – it was the Mets, right? Yeah. Yeah, he had a very good outing against the Mets last time. Um, so I fully expect him to be able to do that again, hopefully. Uh, but this this might be a tough series for the Padres, but I do expect him to come out with a 2-1 victory. Yeah, and that, and that could go a big way because this team has not looked that great recently. Um, and like I said, it, you're going to run into stretches. This was a really tough stretch for the Padres just in terms of their schedule. Um, also, after this Mets series – even if the bats don't wake up this series, I, I still think it, it makes sense. You're going against Degrom and Stroman. That that could that it's reasonable. You have you're playing Colorado the next series, so like, hopefully the bats do wake wake up this series. Now, even if they don't, don't need to panic. You know, you don't need to panic. They're they're still parties are still the third best team in the NL right now. Yes, they're in third place. That's just because the West is stacked. <laughs> um, but I, I think this is a, a really good series. You're going to see them. Tested definitely tomorrow against Degrom, but also that Sunday game. If that's if the series is one one and they go out and they they beat Stroman on Sunday and they win the series two one, that can bring a lot of momentum to this team. So I'm looking forward to it. Looking to looking forward to hopefully a pitcher's duel on Friday. I really hope that's the case with Snell. Uh, like I said, the the splits home and away have not been great, but hopefully that's just one of those things where it's just a small sample size and we haven't really got a, a good gauge of what it is. Uh, and also, like I said. Props to him last outing. He was dominant. So let's hopefully that's the case. Um, hopefully Musgrove keeps looking really good because we saw early on in the year he was looking like he is right now where he's just really dominant. And then he kind of fell off for a few starts, had a struggle a little bit, and then he came back. So hopefully he keeps pitching well. And then hopefully on Sunday, Paddock keeps working that curveball, keeps having a true – instead of having two pitches, he goes out there and he throws three pitches consistently – and, and really gets the batters a little bit more confused because that was one of the things that it just seemed like guys were teeing off on him. And it it really has not looked like that lately, which I've been really happy to see. But I, I think that'll do it for this this preview for the series. But anything else you want to add, Isaac, before we take off? All right, awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. If this is your first time checking our channel, make sure to subscribe, especially if you're a Padres fan. always like to talk Padres baseball. So we'll be here all season long. And make sure to stay tuned because uh, in a little bit here, we're going to have a segment come on about Max Scherzer potentially being moved to the Padres and just our overall thoughts on that possible move. But thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you.